0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we're gearing up for war with our series Built for Battle as we go through each piece of the armor of God. There's a special presence of the Lord here this morning. You don't mind? I'm going to sit down or try to. Amen. We're in a seven-week series titled "Built for Battle." This means war, and we have the Roman soldier. I named him Schultz from Hogan's Hero. The Apostle Paul is sitting in a prison. For no wrong of his own. He's in a dungeon. It's not a prison like we would set in today. And Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Paul would be staring at these Roman soldiers. And this replica is as close as we could get. And Paul begins writing under the inspiration of God to the church at Ephesus and actually to you and I centuries later. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, Paul is looking at the armor on the soldiers and God uses that to give us illustration of how to clothe, how to dress ourselves to fight the battles that one we just heard about. You can't fight that battle if you're not clothed in the armor of God. So Paul began teaching and the first part of the armor, the first weapon was the loin belt of truth, which was week one. The belt on the soldier's armor was at the center of their body and it held everything else together. And the loin belt of truth is the word of God. Can somebody say amen? amen? And it's the word of God that'll hold everything else together, Josh, in your life. So we taught a little bit about that in week one. And week two was the breastplate of righteousness. The Bible teaches us that our righteousness is but filthy rags. But when we come under the drawing of the Holy Spirit, we humble ourselves and acknowledge that we are a sinner and we repent. True repentance brings a change in your life. And when we truly have a repentant heart and we confess our sins to a just God, and we ask God forgiveness, God credits our faith as righteousness, and we slip on the righteousness of Christ, who has never done any wrong. So this morning, we're gonna continue to get dressed in the shoes of peace. Stand with me for the reading of the word of God, please. Again, the title is Built for Battle, And today we're speaking about the shoes, the shoes of peace. So Paul continues expounding on the whole armor of God here in Ephesians 6 and 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Father, I sense your peace here today. And Father, I pray that When we leave today, we'll have a whole fresh, new understanding on peace. Thank you for your word, God. Loosen my tongue. Clear my mind. Place me behind the cross, God, that no man would see me today, but they would see you and they would leave with an understanding that you want us to live a peaceful life here on earth. In Jesus' name and amen. You may be seated. The Roman soldier's shoes were not ordinary shoes. They were made out of bronze or brass. The shoes were primarily composed of two parts, one part being called the greave If you can see the soldier there, it would start at the knee, and it would go down and rest on the top of the foot. The greave was made out of a tube-like piece of bronze or a piece of brass, and finally it rested on the upper portion of the foot, and the shoe itself was made out of two different kinds of metal. On the top and on the bottom, the foot was covered with fine pieces of brass and the sides were held together with leather. Strong, durable pieces was covered with leather, leather. And that word covered, I got to thinking about in my office. I thank God that I'm covered by the blood that we sang about earlier. If you're thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. On the bottom of the shoes, the shoes were designed with spikes on the bottom. Now the spikes, if it was a normal everyday, the spikes were about one inches long. But if it was the day they were going in the battle, the spikes would be approximately three inches long. That's incredible to me. Believe me, these were killer shoes. I know you ladies like your shoes, but you ain't the only one in the house. You go in my office, in my closet, and man, I'm a shoe guy. I got some killer shoes. Some of you guys, I better not go there. I burn not go there. So on the bottom, these shoes were equipped with these spikes and it kept them gripped. It kept them firm. The Bible says, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. I was singing it over and over those four or five words, because I didn't know the rest of it. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When you realize what the shoes looked like and how dangerous these shoes were, it will begin to give you an understanding of why Paul would use this illustration to describe Peace. According to Paul, peace is an awesome weapon. It's a weapon. If you use the weapon of peace correctly, it will keep you spiritually where you belong. And it'll keep your foes where they belong. So where does your spiritual enemies belong? They belong under your feet. That's why Paul instructs us to put on the shoes of peace. Notice that Paul said in Ephesians 6 and 15, and having your feet shod. Somebody say shod. shod. The word shod is derived from the word hebadia. This is a compound of the word words hoopo and dio. The word hupo means under and dio means to bind. Where is your enemy supposed to be? Under and you're supposed to bind. Too often we allow the enemy to sit right here and chatter to us, talk to us. The enemy's supposed to be under your feet. Somebody say he's under my feet. Together as one word, this word conveys the idea of binding something very tightly on the bottom of one's feet. This is not the picture of a loose-fitting shoe that will, like a sandal, that you can kick and then flip off. The piece that we're talking about is firm. You ain't gonna be moved, do you hear what I'm saying? So Paul uses this same word to tell us that we must firmly tie peace around our lives. I've often thought of this. If I could come up with a remedy of peace and put it in a bottle, I could market it and sell it for any price, Bruce, that I wanted to put on it. Because we're all looking for peace. And there's only one place to find peace and that is in Jesus Christ. Give the King of kings and the Lord of lords a hand clap and a shout of praise. You don't have no peace if Jesus is not the king in your life, you have no peace. Paul uses this word, wrap it around our lives and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Therefore, the word preparation conveys the idea of solidity of firmness, of a solid foundation. I ask you today, what is your foundation? Are you on the rock? What is your foundation in your life? Is it your career? Is it your bank account? Is it your home? Is it your car? If it is, friend, you are in trouble because there is only one piece And that is one foundation. And that comes from God Almighty. Everything can change in the blink of an eye. But what God gives you, the devil can't take it away. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Somebody say solid solid foundation. Isaiah 28 and 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make Haste Isaiah speaks of a foundation stone, a corner stone, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the king of kings and the lord of lords, the foundation of whom we should build our lives on. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. It's a solid foundation. Paul is clearly telling us that when peace is foundational in our lives, we have a firm footing on a solid foundation. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means a prevailing and conquering peace. Not just a peace when everything is going well. But when the phone rings at your house, and you get the message that blindsides you. You'll still have a peace even though there's pain, even though there's grief in your life. The God that I'm serving will never leave you nor forsake you. The God that gives you that kind of peace will still remain in your life when all hell shows up. Could anyone raise your hand and say, I know exactly what you're talking about all over this building. Listen to me, God's perfect plan is that this kind of prevailing peace and conquering peace will dominate your life. There's two kinds of peace that a believer can experience. First, there is the peace with God Very important, but it's the first step. And I got a hunch that there's some in this room that don't have peace with God. But I also got a hunch that before you leave, by God's grace, you can have peace with God Almighty, your Creator. You just stick with me. So there first is the peace with God. Peace with God is what a person experiences when he or she comes to the Lord for salvation. The Bible said today is the day of salvation. You can't be saved unless the Spirit of God is drawing you. And from what I have felt and what I have sensed in this room today, the Spirit of the living God is alive and well and in this house today and is moving in your life. And all you got to do, like the manna, is pick it up. Oh, God, help us. Peace with God is what a person experiences when they become born again, when they understand that they're a sinner. You are looking at a sinner. The writer of the scripture that I am using today said, I am the chief of sinners. But what can wash away my sins? nothing but the blood of Jesus. No 12-step program, no preacher, no priest, no baptism, no church membership, nothing but the blood of Jesus from the cross of Calvary. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So once repentance is complete and the hostility of man, the old man is going, a new peace with God comes into your life, comes into your being. Colossians 1 and 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things. Somebody say all. All. I don't care how bad you've been. Don't care where you've been. Don't care what you snorted, what you smoked, what you sold, what you stole. You can be reconciled today through the blood of the cross of Calvary. That's why Jesus came not for the religious elite. He came for you and I that are messed up people because he loves us. He said I say whether by things in earth or things in heaven and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now hath he reconciled. Man is not at peace with God when you're born in the natural. September 29th, 1961, I was born in the natural. I got a, a, a natural birthday coming up this week. If you haven't put your card in the mail, you go ahead and do that today. My wife, or excuse me, my sister. Well, in West Virginia, we marry our sisters, I guess. I don't know. But that's just a joke. Take it like a man. Move on. My sister early this morning, she sent me a picture of myself. I looked like I was about 10 years old, standing beside my grandfather, and I probably didn't weigh 60 pounds. And she said, who's this skinny boy in the picture with her text? I didn't say nothing, but I thought about it. That skinny boy got hijacked. You hear what I'm saying? Got hijacked. That skinny boy exploded. Two kinds of peace. God has reconciled all men to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today. We're not here for a program. I'm not here for my own uh, ego. I'm not here to uh, just uh, show off a beautiful building. I'm here to tell you that there is one that loves you and wants you to walk through life with peace. And his name is not Robert Shingleton, His name is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he will show up and change your life. And give you peace when all hell shows up. Peace with God is a spiritual condition that belongs to all believers. It belongs to you. It's your right. It's your inheritance. He said, peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. The world don't give you no peace. Go ahead and get in your new car. Smells real peaceful, doesn't it? until the first payment book shows up and then you find out it dropped $10,000 in value. How's that working for you? Someone look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he needs to move on. The second kind of peace is different from the first peace. Peace with God is the first peace. The peace that I wanna drive home to you is the peace of God. I'm sitting thinking about this the other day. God ain't never had a bad day, John. Never had a bad day. Even when his son hung on a cross, God still was a God of peace. Nobody took his life, George. He gave his life. Many people are at peace with God by virtue of their conversion, but they're not walking in the peace of God. I'm I'm preaching to myself, man. I struggle. Instead of walking in a prevailing, conquering peace, many walk in constant fretfulness. I call them thumb suckers. Always sucking their thumb about something. Always somebody else's fault. How many of us were walking in worry? Worry. I said I preached to myself. Because of my medical issues a year and a half ago, I still have thoughts yesterday morning sitting in a tree stand in Doddridge County if something happens. How you getting out of here? It ain't funny if it was you sitting in the tree stand. And I still have thoughts when I'm driving down the road. If I have a spell, where do I pull off? See, that's not walking in the peace that I need to be walking in. How many is walking in turmoil? Always got something going on. How about anxiety? I can remember anxiety attacks. I had a phone call late last night. Somebody needed me to pray with them, having an anxiety attack. Man, it's not funny. When it comes on you, it's not funny. What kind of peace are you walking in? This is the reason that peace has been given to us as a weapon. 1 Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your anxiety anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast, comes back to you and I. We have got to cast it. We've got to lay it on him. We can't carry it ourselves. Patty Bennett, I might've already shared this. She came up to me one day in, in the last week or so. And said, man, I realized it was about noon or one o'clock in the afternoon and everything was wrong and I felt like everything was against me and I was falling apart. And then she said, it hit me. I didn't get suited up today. I didn't get ready for the battle. How about worry? Anybody, Anybody in the house worry? Anybody worry? Anybody worry? Anybody over here worry? Matthew 11 and 28 come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and, what? I underlined it. Learn. Learn from me. That's what we're trying to do. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The peace of God is a protective kind of peace. It'll protect me from the worry. Paul said in Colossians 3 and 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The word rule is taken from the Greek word "brabia." This word was used to portray an empire or a referee who judged the athletic games back in the ancient world. So what is Paul telling us right here? Paul is telling us that there is a place. Somebody say, there's a place. Where the peace of God, the peace from God, there's a place, instead of a place of fretfulness, there's a place, instead of a place of anxiety, there is a place, instead of a place of worry, There's a place instead of a place of anger where the Holy Spirit and the peace that is in your life can begin to call the shots like an umpire in your life. When the umpire in your life makes the call excuse me, in an athletic game, when the umpire makes the call, the call is final. How many's ever argued with an umpire? <laughs> Coach Toth, I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> Coach Bennett, where are you at? Coach Bennett is mo- one of the most quietest men and humble men that I've ever met in my life. The first time I went to an RC be basketball game, and he was the head coach. I said, who is that idiot down there? (laughs) Said, coach, don't tell him you go to Jewel City. Tell him you go to the First Baptist of some other town. So when all the report comes, and the call is not the call that you want in life, there is a place that you can live. Man, I'm telling you, this is just good. There's a place that you can live where the empire, the peace from God, will call that shot. How many's ever called a shot out of anger? Huh? Huh? You better raise your hands. How many's ever called a shot out of worry in your life? That's not what God wants us to do. Let the peace of God umpire your life and your actions. Let's have a little fun. Everybody look around the room. I just thought of this. Let's look around the room. I want you to look at, see where everybody's at. How many's got a short fuse in the house? You've got an anger issue. Boy, Josh, you just threw that hand straight. I, I got all these lights. Hold them up high. I want to see them, okay? I want to see them. Wow, wow. If somebody's sitting close to you that had their hand up, look at them and say, neighbor, you need to fix that. Joey, did you raise your hand? What's this half-mask stuff? Get that hand up there, right, thank you. So how do we set a guard around our heart? How do we do that? And that's something I always tell my friend Joey, don't know Joey, I touch him right there, I say, Joey, keep your heart soft. How do we set a guard around our hearts? Paul says in Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The word keep is taken from a word, tero. And it means to keep, it means to guard, it means to protect, and it means to garrison. And this is a picture of a band of Roman soldiers that have been placed to watch something and to guard something to guard something because it is a value to where an enemy would like to steal that. So you've got to garrison your peace because it is something the enemy would like to take from you. So we already, I had you all raise your hands. I was tired the other night. Cody wanted to take our side-by-side and go to Dodge County. We go down there, we don't get home till dark. We pull up into the yard, and I got the side-by-side on the trailer. He goes to do something, get, get some of his equipment, take it in the house, and I take the side-by-side off, or he takes it off, I can't remember. That's my problem, I can't remember. I put the tailgate up on the trailer, I walk around, by this time I'm by myself, I unhook the safety chains, I unplug the lights, I lift up the lever, but I get in the truck and leave the trailer on the ball, thinking I unhooked the trailer. So I drive out past my barn, the one the women already messed up last night, and my grass is wet from the dew and I wanna back up, but I think the trailer's over there. Oh no, that's what I said and I backed the trailer, and I jackknifed, and it tore up the whole back end of the truck. And I'm sitting behind the wheel, I heard it, and it hit me that I left the trailer on there. And I said these words, you blooming idiot! Said it to myself. I got out, I walked back, I can't believe! Does anybody act like that? Then I had to garrison myself because the devil wanted to steal my peace and if he got my peace, he got my joy. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is a truck. We got insurance on it. God help me. Premium's going up. Don't act like an idiot. That's just a part of life. Don't act like you've never done anything stupid. I've drove through garage doors. They're supposed to be up. They were down. (laughs) My goodness. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Isaiah 26 and three. Listen to me, thou will keep him got to hear it, man. It's the loin belt of truth, the word of God. You got to get it in your mind. You got to get it in your spirit. You got to let the umpire of your soul, the peace of God, the peace from God, make the shots in your life. Isaiah 26 and three, thou will keep him. What does that mean right there? Thou will garrison him like a soldier, protecting, guarding and defending. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Spikes in your shoes, firmly standing. God gives us supernatural peace to firmly plant our feet in the ground. Peace. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Listen to this, when my cross is heavy, I shall not be moved when my cross is heavy. I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the water. Lord, I shall not be moved. I like this. The church of God is marching. I shall not be moved. The church of God is marching. I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters. Lord, I shall not be moved. Put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap. Stand with me. No, you stand, I'll sit. How's that? I'm tired. (laughs) Stand with me. The peace of God, no matter the situation, will give you firm footing. Please don't leave. Stay with me. Only the peace of God, only the peace of God will keep you in a place of confidence to where you can make the right call. In Ephesians chapter six, verse 14, the Holy Spirit through Paul said, stand therefore. First Corinthians 16 and 13, Paul urges us, watch ye. And I didn't see this till earlier this morning. Watch thee. Stand fast in faith. Watch Stay focused. Watch, because the enemy wants to come when you're not prepared. Watch. Then in 2 Corinthians 1 and 24, Paul says, for by faith you stand. The supernatural peace of God is the only thing that keeps us standing. What Mindy shared with us today Outside of the peace from God, there is no way she could stand here in front of five or six, 700 people and share with her, with you and me, her testimony. Your testimony, no matter how painful it may be, shares the peace from God that'll help somebody else. Peace is an offensive weapon. In Romans 16 and 20, Paul said, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Notice the word bruise. It's taken from the Greek word sentribo. And it was historically used to denote the act of smashing and utterly destroying grapes. And I had a plan. I was going to put a big old pot up here filled up with grapes. And I was going to give you an illustration until I went to Sam's and priced those grapes. Inflation messes everything up. Plus, I didn't want to ruin my shoes. Now here's something you got to catch. Say, I got to catch it. That was pathetic. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. You got to catch it. I want to read it again. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Not under his feet, under your feet. So every time you tear the back of your truck up and you want to scream and act like an idiot, or when somebody else tears your truck up and you wanna scream and act like an idiot to them and I'm guilty. When you do the right thing and you have peace, you're bruising the head of Satan. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. You wasn't looking at him. Rob, you didn't look at her. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. You still cuss? Oh oh oh, 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 I can, I can sense the tightness in the room. <laughs> My good friend Dave Marsh, Pastor Dave, preached here a couple of weeks ago. He was on the phone with one of his key leaders in his church, and he was driving, and so wasn't a leader in the church driving. And someone pulled out in front of his key leader in his church, and the guy's response was a four letter words to scream. And then he said, oh, pastor, I'm sorry you had to hear that. And pastor said, no, I'm sorry, your eight-year-old son in the car had to hear that. Huh. I like to know what every answer was when they ask. Peace, an offensive weapon. It's the feet of the believer. God uses to bruise Satan's head. It's time to do some walking in peace. God freely gave the children of Israel the promised land. In order to possess that land, he told them they had to go in. You gotta go in. You can't stay where you're at. You gotta go in. And in that land was giants, and there's some giants in your life. You stay where you're at, you'll always be intimidated by them giants. You'll always stay where you're at, and you'll always back up. Let let, let me say, you'll always stay where you're at. You'll always have anxiety. You'll always have a bad attitude. You'll always have fear. You'll always have worry, as long as you stay where you're at. But God said, go in the land. It's already been promised to you. And then he said, everywhere that the sole of your feet shall trod shall be yours. Problem is, we're not walking. We just want to get saved and stay where we're at. I'm telling you, God gives you the war, the weapons to do some walking and do some battling. Now, let's be honest. How many still struggle with sin? You waited for me to put my hand up. I know you did. You wasn't putting your hand up if I didn't put mine up. I'm gonna ask you again, how many still struggle with sin? Didn't go in and possess what God has given you and battle for it and take it by force and watch God turn your life around. Can we one last time put our hands together and give God a hand clap of praise. So we got the loin belt of truth, which is the word of God. We've got the breastplate of righteousness, Christ's righteousness. Now we got the shoes of peace. We're starting to dress ourselves. And I believe after seven weeks we'll be stronger than we were when we first started. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Listen, none of this means anything unless you have the peace of, or the peace with God. So I don't know your heart and I don't know your life, but I know that the greatest decision I ever made in my life is when I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. I'm not gonna come to you, friend, in any way. All around this auditorium, Right where you're at, I'm gonna ask you the question that my pastor, which has been going now 30 years, asked, if death knocked on your door, would heaven be your home? (laughs) And I answered that call almost 40 years ago. So I ask you in every aisle, of every age, And if you can't answer yes, you you don't even have a clue about the peace of God or from God. So I ask you today, if death knocked on your door, would heaven be your home? If you can't answer that yes, then today I wanna give you an opportunity to ask Jesus. And he'll, he'll, he'll save you today, no matter where you've been or what you've done. He loves you so much that he died for you. So if you need to get it right with Jesus, slip your hand up high. I'm not gonna come to you. Slip your hand up high. I see your hand, sir. Somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Every head bows, please. Every eye closed. Somebody else. The Lord's speaking to your heart. You know He is. He's knocking at your heart's door. And all you gotta do is open it up. And Jesus himself will walk in. Is there somebody else's point? Somebody else would slip your hand up and say today I wanna to get my life right with Christ. Is there another? I'm not gonna tear Even though I believe the Lord is still working with somebody else. As every head is bowed, sir, that raised your hand, look at me, please. I want you to pray this. Would you take the lady by the hand beside of you? Would you do, do that for me, please? and pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me, Lord, and to help me to grow in you. From this day forward, i do my best to learn about you and to live for you. Cleanse me In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Come on, give God a hand clap. We're talking a soul come to know Christ. Hallelujah. 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 All over this building, every head up and every eye open. How many need some of that peace I'm talking about? How many need some of that peace? Huh? Huh? Then, as they lead us in a song, make your way. Go in. Action. Make a move. We got a prayer team here that'll pray with you or come to the altar. But say, I'm not staying where I'm at. I'm not staying where I'm at. No, no longer. I'm going after it. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups.